fills out, you might be a single or a family, or, but you're a household, so make sure you fill out one of those cards. Put your prayer request on there. If you are our guest, it's real important that we get all the, inf- all the information you're comfortable giving, and we're just really, really glad you're here. And in just a little while, we're actually going to bring our offering today rather than receive it the normal way we do um, on a regular Sunday, you want to bring it. So just bring your blue card with you when you come and drop it in the uh, little offering baskets. We'll be explaining how everything's going to work in just a minute. We've got some uh, folks who are going to be joining our church today who are going to become members. So I would like those of you who have taken 101 and you passed our final exam, would you please come up to the front? Some of you made 70, but that's still passing, so just come on up. We don't have a test for that class Come on up on the stage and just stand over here in this area and face the congregation. And uh, isn't this awesome? Look at this. This is so cool. Good, good, good. Wonderful, wonderful. We're going to let you stay right down there. Are you cool with that? Yeah, awesome. All right. Oh, man, this is great. This is great. Um. So we're just kind of going to go and let everybody just introduce themselves instead of, uh, you know, when I first came to this church, I was 33 years old. I could remember everybody's name. I'm 51 now, so I let them introduce themselves. All right? I'm Lucy Statler. Lucy Statler. I'm Ellen Dunstan, and this is my grandson, David, and my granddaughter, Grace. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm going to just let you pass it right on down the line. I'm Lisa Taylor. Kurt Luckman. Jamie Luckman. Sarah Salter. Lee Davis. Gail Lane. Scott and Sherry Jennings. Scott and Renee Wilkins. <laughs> Josh Overton. I'm Brian. This is my wife, Kim, my daughter, Kayla, and my daughter, Abby Lanick. Matt, Matt Sellers. My wife, Angel's not here today because she's sick, but... Uh, She's in, yeah, she knows. She wrote better on the test than you did, so she's in. Charles Phillips, and this is my wife, Leslie Phillips. Charles, you're the man. Awesome. Give everybody a big hand. Welcome them into the membership of our church. God bless you all. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Um, We usually make our new members sing, but we didn't have time to rehearse this week, so we're just going to let them join. Um... I want to begin, there's so many things I need to say this morning. First of all, congratulations to all you Carolina fans out there, all you Tar Heel fans. Um, And uh, I just want to thank NC State for playing good yesterday. They played good, you know. They didn't win, but nobody expected that. We just thank God they played well. Um, We have a prayer vigil this Saturday. I want to mention that to you and encourage you to come out. You can pray privately here in the sanctuary. You can also sign up for specialized prayer, and you'll see that table out in the main foyer. Um, if you, um, you want to come and do both, you certainly can do that. And there will be people in the sanctuary that if you would like for them to pray with you about something, they'll be available to you for that. But if you just want to come pray by yourself, you certainly are welcome to come and pray um, privately by yourself. But that will be all day Saturday from 7 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon. 
So we hope you'll come out. A praying church is a church that's connected to God. A praying church is a church that can see the will of God and the purpose of God and the vision of God. And so let's be a church of prayer. And let's don't leave all the praying up to a select few who are committed to prayer. Let's all be a people of prayer. So come out this Saturday and be a part of that. There's a lot of really important information inside your worship program. I will remind all of our guys that today is the last Sunday. Now, you can purchase tickets Wednesday, but this is the last Sunday you can get your wild game night tickets. We want to make sure you pick those up on the way out. And listen, guys, buy one for an unchurched buddy and bring him with you to wild game night. This coming weekend is really going to be awesome, and so don't miss any of the services this weekend. Dan Breeding is coming. He's going to bring his animals with him. He is the um, Christian Jack Hanna. How many of y'all seen Jack Hanna? Well, he's the Christian Jack Hanna. He's going to talk about creation. We're going to let our kids come in and, and see the animals, and it's going to be a real special Sunday, so we hope you'll come. Now, that's one of those events that an unchurched person will come with you to an event like that. And if you invite them to church and they go, well, you know, what's going to be happening? You say, well, the pastor's going to be preaching and blah, blah, blah. They might not take you up on that, but when you tell them about Dan Breeding, and I think we've got some posters available if you want to give them one of the posters, get them here this weekend. Get them in a service this weekend, and let's get the gospel to those who do not know the Lord. And the people said together, Amen, amen. All right? Now, today is a real special day. And um, again, I'll be explaining to you how it'll work. Um, let me, ex let me uh, please ask for your uh, forgiveness about, <laughs> about my voice this morning and this cold I got going on. I thought this thing was going to get better, but uh, it hasn't yet. So you guys need to really come to that prayer vigil and lift your pastor up so I'll get healed and I know some of y'all are looking at me going, and you need to go to a doctor and quit putting it off. My wife is saying that to me. But um, um, so, so please forgive me if I have to stop and cough a couple times this morning. And forgive me for this voice. Somebody told me last night at church, they said, Pastor, you sound like a pony. And I said, what do you mean? They said, a little horse. <laughs> hey, they got it, Mike. Where's Mike? They got it, bro. <laughs> the early service is always smarter than the second service. That's really awesome. Um, we've been doing a series entitled How to Be Rich, and um, not how to get rich, but how to be rich. And uh, there's no greater cause in the universe than, uh, I'm going to get up here so I can kind of see everybody's face. There is uh, no greater cause in the universe than to live for the purposes of God. Um, in this service, we're going to invite you to be a part of the greatest cause in the world. A cause that is more significant than anything else you will ever do with your life. And that is the spreading of the gospel. The spreading of the good news that God himself became a man. And came to this earth and lived a perfect sinless life. Was tortured and crucified on a cross so that our sins could be eradicated, so that we could be justified in the eyes of a holy father, so that we could go to heaven by simply accepting him as our personal savior, by accepting his forgiveness 
All you have to do to get to heaven is accept the love and forgiveness of Jesus into your heart. Do you know really, technically, you don't even have to ask him to forgive you. He's already extended that. All you got to do is reach out there and receive that forgiveness. You don't have to even say, Lord, please forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins. All you got to do is go, I'm telling you, forgiveness of your sin is already extended to you. All you have to do is take it. That's how easy it is. And that's hard for people. Because, see, we live in a world that says, I'll do this if you do this. I'll do this for you if you'll do this for me. See, we think there's always a catch. But I'm telling you, when we sing that old song, Jesus paid it all, we sing that because, guess what? Jesus paid it all. And when we say all, we don't mean 99% and then you have to pay 1%. Because, see, if you had to pay for part of your sin, that would make you your Savior. And you're not your Savior. He is your one and only Savior. And He's paid it all. So when you receive His forgiveness, when you receive what He did for you on the cross, when you receive His resurrection from the dead and you say, Jesus, come into my life. I can't fix my life. I can't make my life work the way it's supposed to. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Right then at that moment, He does it. He comes into your life and you're on your way to heaven. But he talks to us about how that this life on this earth is a test. Now, here's what God does. I talked about this last week, but let me just remind you. Here's what God does. God gives us a certain amount of money and a certain amount of stuff to live on. And let's say he gives us this amount to live on. And then God says... Now, you can use every bit of that for yourself if you want to. But God says, what I'd really like for you to do is learn to live on less than what I've given you. And then this little part in here, this little margin in here, he says, I want you to, I want you to give that away. And I want you to give 10% of your income. I want you to give at least that much to me. And then I'd like for you to give beyond that to other things to help other people. He said, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you on the earth about 70 or 80 years generally. And um, I'm going to watch what you do in that 70 or 80 years. And I'm going to watch how you manage what I've given you. And if you will manage what I've given you the right way, if you will manage it the right way, God says, um, then you're going to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Now, i got to tell you something, guys. I don't, and I've told you this. I don't know what that is, but I want to know. I want to see what that is. So to get to heaven, all I need is Jesus. But he says in his word that I can increase the benefits of heaven by what I do with that little margin in my life. He's given me this much. He wants me to learn to live on this much. And then he wants to see what I do with that margin. He's watching. Life is a test. And what we do with that little margin, that little difference between what he gave us and 
what we're going to live on. He says, based on what you do with that, you can increase your heavenly um, reward. You can increase it. Because he said in his word, you remember we read what Paul said to Timothy? He said, he gave, he gave Timothy four things for the people to do with their money. He said, and tell them that if they will do that, they will be storing up treasure in heaven. Isn't that awesome? So today we're kind of challenging you there. And let's read 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. He kind of uses the farmer here. And he basically says, you know, if a farmer's got a jar of seeds, he can either cook those seeds, beans or whatever, and feed his family one time, or he can by faith sow them that he might reap a great harvest and feed his family for months to come. He uses the farmer, uh, the Bible, uh, the King James will use the word husbandman. You've probably read that in the Bible and thought, what in the world does that mean? It really means farmer, steward. He says in 2 Corinthians 9:10, God gives seed for the farmer to eat, consume? No, to plant, to sow, to release into the hands of God for return. God gives seed for the farmer to plant. He'll also give you seed and multiply what you, what? Generously plant. In your lives, he will increase the things you do that have his approval. One writer said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Another writer said, people are not remembered for what they received. People are remembered for what they give away. You remember that? Old Testament prayer that became very famous a few years ago, the prayer of Jabez. Can we look at that this morning? First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more distinguished than any of his brothers. That word distinguished there, if you look into that, that really means godly. He was more of a man of character. He was, a more, he was more of a man of God than all of his brothers. And this did not, when you look at that word brothers, it doesn't just mean his personal family brothers. It means in his community. He was a man of integrity. He was known as a man of character and integrity. He said his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. That's what the name Jabez means. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Listen to this prayer, guys. Let us be refreshed. Let us be reminded of this awesome prayer. And I want to tell you that you can pray this too. You can make this your prayer. Oh, that you, speaking of God, that you, God, would bless me. You can ask God to bless you. He's okay with that. And extend my lands. Bless me and prosper me. Prosper me spiritually. Prosper me in my relationships, not just financially. But you can ask God to prosper you financially as well. Then he says, God, please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And I love that last sentence. And God granted him his request. Can I say to you this morning, and I know what I'm saying is so very simple today, but can I just say to you very simply this morning that 
God is waiting for some of you just to ask. Some of you grew up in churches that taught you that if you weren't perfect, that um, you would, you can't ask. You can't even approach God. You can't even come up to God. And if they, get, if they didn't come right out and say that, they kind of indicated that, oh, well, you better not ask because, you know, you don't have it all together. Can I just give you guys a big news flash this morning? None of us. I'm pretty close. But none of us have it all together. Listen to me. Listen, listen. But we can still ask. Because see, listen. If I come up to God and I ask him for something in my life and there's something in me that isn't right, he'll go, you know what, Farrell, I really want to do that for you. But before we deal with that, can I just kind of show you an area in your life where you're rebelling against me? And can we get that taken care of first? See, he loves us. Listen, don't get this picture of God up in heaven with his arms crossed, looking up in the sky, going, when you, when you get everything right, I'm ready to hear from you. When you get all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted, then I'm ready for you. But I'm not ready. I'm not going to even hear you. I'm not going to pay you any attention until you get it all together. If that's your picture of God, you're wrong. You're wrong. That is not who God is. He's your daddy. He's a daddy. So ask him the way Jabez did. Look at the prayer of Agar. You ever heard of this prayer? Look in Proverbs 30, 7 through 9. Agar prays, and boy, you got to be a real spiritual person to pray this one. Listen. Oh, God, I beg two favors from you before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Everybody say amen to that. No lies. You know what that means? That means God help me to be a person of integrity. Help me to be a person of honor. And then he goes on and says, second, give me neither poverty. I know a lot of people who are willing to pray that one. Do not give me poverty. <laughs> but look what else he said. Nor riches. That part's a little harder to pray, isn't it? He said, for if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? Amen. He said, and if I am poor, I may steal and thus insult your holy name. What a balanced perspective this person has. And I'm not saying God doesn't make some people rich. God doesn't bless some people with great wealth. But we know from the teaching of Jesus that when you have great wealth, you got to know how to handle it because it makes it a lot tougher to be committed to God when you have a lot of wealth. I mean, Jesus said that. He talked about how difficult it was. For a real wealthy person to be able to handle it. i got to tell you all something. Not many people can handle it. Okay? Wealth can make you prideful and arrogant. Poverty can make you bitter. So what this writer is saying is that I understand that money is a tool to do good. you remember what Paul said to Timothy? He said, tell the people to use their money, what? To do good. Money is a tool. We talked about the treasury fund and how God wants you to invest in that. And we talked about the mutual fund and the growth fund and the service fund and the global fund. And we went through all five of those funds in our series. And we talked about how you will be rich if you will invest in these funds. When we invest in these funds, we're storing up treasure for eternity. 
And you may say in your heart, you know what, Pastor? When I start making some more money, then I'll give. I'll start tithing or I'll start giving or I'll start being more generous. Look what the Bible says to that. It says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. I had a couple one time who had been dating seven years. And they said, Pastor, we're just waiting for things to be just right. I said, hey, guess what? It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Now is the time to start the investment program for eternity. We want Whitley Church and our Goldsboro campus, the bridge. We want these churches to be Christ-like. And I'm telling you this morning, it is absolutely impossible for us to be Christ-like if we are not radically generous. Radically generous. Look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 8 and 5. They first gave themselves unreservedly to God. See, that's what he's after. It isn't your money, it's you. He wants you to give you him, uh, give him you, rather. He wants you to give him your heart. But then he says, the other giving, that is the financial giving or the service giving or whatever, that flows out of the purposes of God working in the life of the person who has given themselves to God. In other words, when you are right with God, generosity will flow out of your life because you are more like Him, for He is a generous God. One writer said, if you start living for God's purposes, you'll start giving to God's purposes. So today, our church family is obeying God by giving a tithe of their income. And if you're a visitor today, if you're a visitor, keep your money in your pocket. This offering isn't for you. Now, we want you to come and do communion, and I'm going to walk down there in a minute and show you what we want you to do. And we want you to come and partake in this, but when it comes to the giving, that's not for you. It may be next year if God leads you to come and be a part of our church. It may be next year that you would give in this offering. But if you're visiting with us today, if you're kind of looking around and checking us out, you keep your money in your pocket. And, and you let God lead you to the church he wants you to be in. We hope it's here, but it may not be. God may have a, a more specific purpose for you somewhere else. You know, in the Old Testament, they were building the temple. And they asked the people to bring their money so that they could build the temple. And I want you to look what it says in First Chronicles 29, 9 through 14. It says, the people were overjoyed that the leaders gave so generously and wholeheartedly to the Lord. This is my offering today. And I want to tell you that the deacon board has their offering today and the pastoral staff has their offering today and the ministry directors have their offering today. And I'm saying to you here this morning that your leaders have bought into what we're doing today. Millie and I decided on an amount that um, kind of pinched a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't comfortable for us. But I love to give like that. I love to give to a point that I know if I am able to go on vacation or if I'm able to do whatever, that I know God's going to have to help me, you know? And that's the offering Millie and I are giving today. And we decided on an amount. Then we split it right down the middle. We gave half to the bridge last night. 
because the bridge is us and we are the bridge, and half here to the Whitley Church. Let's read the rest of this passage. It says, King David was also overjoyed. Look at all the joy here. They're giving their money and look how happy they are. How many churches have you been in that when it came time to take up the offering, the mood dropped about 10 notches? It's not supposed to be like that. Joy, 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 joy when we give because we know God is going to pour back and take care of us. King David was also overjoyed and he praised the Lord while the whole assembly watched. Now, if you don't know how to praise God and you're struggling with your praise life, you need to make sure you write this scripture down. I didn't give you any notes this morning. So you need to write this down. I want you to listen to the way David praised God. Listen to this. It's awesome. David said, greatness, power, glory, splendor, majesty are yours, Lord. Because everything in heaven and on earth is yours. The kingdom is yours, Lord. And you are honored as head above all things. You rule everything. You worried about Wall Street? Stop worrying. He rules everything. You worried about the elections coming up? Stop it. He rules everything. It all washes back and forth in the palm of his mighty hand. God is in control this morning. Not a man or a person. He says, you rule everything. You hold power and strength in your hand. And you can make anyone great and strong. So our God, listen to this, this is so tender. So our God, we thank you. And we praise your wonderful name. But who am I? And who are my people? that you give so generously. And then he says, everything comes from you and we give you only what comes from your hand. Hey, listen, guys, listen. I'm giving this to God today. You know why? Because he already gave it to me to give to him. Do y'all understand the deal we've got? God goes, uh, you, you see the video, the, the $9 outside the offering plate and the $1 in? God goes, every time you make $10, give me one. And then God says, if you'll do that, I'm just going to bless your socks off. What a deal. What a great deal. Here's what we're going to do this morning. In just a minute, we're going to have a video clip, one of our favorites here at Whitley Church. We only have two or three video clips that we use over and over. And uh, one of them is the plate. So we're going to see the plate in just a minute. It's a very moving video. It talks about what our giving does. And then when that is over, while that's playing, our praise and worship team will get in place. Praise and worship will begin. And what, I, what we ask you to do is walk up here. And um, you will, um, this bread right here uh, needs to be broken, should have been broken. But anyway, I'll, I'll break that. And we, you'll pinch off a little piece of this bread. Well, actually, you won't because the bread's in the cup, isn't it? I'm sorry. My bad. I was about to really chew somebody out. Anyway, so the, the bread's right there. I've never chewed anybody out, not publicly. Um, so your bread's right there. So lift that little cellophane and get the little piece of bread. Then lift the next cellophane. 
and that's your juice. And when you eat that bread, that is a picture of the body of Jesus. Now, when you take communion, you are remembering. Remember what Jesus said. He said, this do in... So we're remembering. What are we remembering? We're remembering that God took on flesh and came down here because we needed a Savior. We are remembering that though he had done no sin, they punished him and they tortured him and they nailed him on a cross. So we remember that. We remember that they buried him to be forgotten. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. But I love what T.D. Jake said about that. T.D. Jake said, why do you need to buy a tomb if you're just going to use it on the weekend? Amen? <laughs> Amen. And um, he rose from the dead. And so when we eat this bread and drink this cup, those are the things we remember. But there's one more thing we remember. And, and you may have never heard this before. Or you haven't heard it much or you don't even know if you believe it. But he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And he's going to rule from Jerusalem and we're going to be his followers and we're going to be his government and we're going to run this place. Isn't that awesome? And so we remember all that as we take communion. And then after you've taken communion, then what we'd like for you to do is light a candle. Now this thing right here is extremely complicated. Okay? Because half the people last night at the bridge didn't know how to work it. So I'm going to give you a quick lesson. You push this button forward and hold it. And then you pull the trigger. And there was glory to God. And um, you're going to light a candle. Every family, we want every family, every household to light a candle. And then you guys have the little pieces of paper. Do you all have the little pieces of paper? Okay. Here's what I want you to do with these. I want you to write down on here anything you want to write down that you want God to help you with. It could be your children. It could be your finances. It could be your job. It could be your marriage. It could be um, spiritually, that you're having a problem breaking through spiritually. You can write anything you want to on here. And then you're going to fold that piece of paper. Don't write your name on it, of course. And you're going to fold that piece of paper and then we've got little thumbtacks right here, little push pins, and you're going to put that on the cross, and you're going to pin it right there on the cross. And then we're going to pray over this cross, with, and it'll be filled. And we've got this one, and we've got three stations back here. So when you get up, just spread out. We knew it would take too long if we only had one station, so we have three. We have one there, we have one there, we have one there, and one here. Okay, so you should be finished. We should be able to go through this in about 10 minutes. Okay, you got it? So we'll do the communion. You light the candle. You pin your needs on the cross. And you drop your offering in this basket. There's a basket at every place. I want this to be very worshipful. Now, those of you who don't have an offering today, Maybe you say, I just couldn't do it today, or I can do it later, or maybe you're visiting and I told you not to give. We still want you to participate in the communion and in the candle and in the pinning your needs on the cross. We want you to go ahead and do that anyway. And don't forget to bring your, bring your blue card and drop it in the basket too, okay?
All right, so we're going to really worship God this morning as we give. Think about what David said when he brought his offering. He said, thank you, Lord, for being so generous to us. Thank you. So as you give your offering today, just be thankful. And just when you stand up after the plate, after this little video clip, when you stand up, just kind of look around and see which cross doesn't have the most people and you just kind of gravitate to that one. And um, just take your time. There's no rush. There's no rush, okay? All right, let's watch this video clip together. <laughs> 